The witch's cackle burns the eye that sees the danger you are in. Sometimes we're wrong, but we want to prove that we are right, so we begin. Watch out, there's a sword and it's coming for your neck. In this battle for salvation, in this battle for salvation. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 40 of the Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworlds podcast. I am Max Bernstein. I am Randall Slate. And and uh, we had to get... Look, if we're going to talk about boners the entire time, which we're clearly going to do, talking about Kanan's Reapers, we, we got to get Derek Trackware. And, and we did. Derek, how's it going, man? Of course. Doing pretty good. How are you all doing? Uh, really good. Um, we're going to be with you in just a second. We just want to talk about all the tournaments that are coming up, and then uh, and then we'll get moving talking about Kanan's Reapers. Uh, but first, the cork board over here. All right, so we have the portal going on Manchester, Connecticut. That's on September 11th at 12 p.m. I was going to go to that. Then I was going to not go to that. And then I found that Stephen France is going, and now I'm like, oh, now i got to go. So I think I'm going to go. Uh, Rand, are you coming with me to that one? Hell yeah. All right, let's do that one. All right, on the same day, we have the Gigabytes Cafe in Marietta, Georgia. That's the Crit Def Crew. That's on the same day, uh, September 11th, but that's at 9 a.m. Apparently, they like to get started early in Georgia. We don't do that up here in the Northeast. We, we wait until after coffee. Um, so there you go. The Du Bois GT is still on. Uh, that's going to be November 12th and 13th. That's in Henrietta, New York. That's uh, you, Again, you go to DuboisGT.com. That's a D-A-B-O-Y-Z-G-T dot com. Uh, LVO is still going on January 28th through 30th, 2022. Uh, the Battle for Salvation 40K GT is happening right up the street from us, October 9th. So if you're a 40K player, Randall, you, 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 you're, you're dealing with that? What's going on there? Uh, well, yeah, that's a two-day GT uh, with all the newest rules regarding terrain and list building and everything like that. And it's, you know, one of the more popular uh, 40k GTs on the East Coast. And that's giant. You, we, and and the thing is about the BFS GT is it it's not really like the biggest tournament of the year, but it has some extremely good play. All the really good players from around the country and sometimes from Canada and Europe, show up at that. So if you're looking for some hefty competition in 40K, you should definitely go to that. The, the BFS 40K GT is so such a good event that you'll get people from Europe coming to Nyack, New York yeah, Ny- to play in the, in, the, in, the, in the top floor of the mall. Yep. And they're yeah, like, oh, we have to a- go to that. Exactly. It's not even like in a hotel. It's like next to an ice rink. Yeah. And like people will go there and they're like, oh, we have to go to this. Uh, no, no underworlds at that one there. But uh, that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. This is fine. Uh, and uh, Derek, you got something going up there in Calgary? 
Yeah, up in Calgary on September 11th at 10 a.m. Uh, we are Popular having our day. official Return to the Underworlds event at Eastridge Games. Cool. What time does that start? 10 a.m. 10 a.m. There you go, everybody. So if you are in the vicinity of any of those events, you should consider getting involved. All right. How you doing, Derek? I've been doing really well. How about yourselves? Good. Um, so we, we we did the biography last time you were on the show uh, when we did the uh, who, who was it, the spoilers? Yes. With you. Right. And uh, by the way, still our most popular episode ever. Just so that you know, just by by, by by total downloads. So we're going to beat it th- with this episode, right? We're going to beat that episode. Right, Derek? <laughs> I think I'm really big on beating myself off. So oh, I think good. there's going to be a lot of beating it at the end of this. Yeah. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so we're not going to do a biography, but just, you know, how's it going, Derek? How's the, how's the Canadian, what do you guys call yourself? The Cunties? Uh, the Calgary Union of Nightfall Tier 1 Shadespire Homies. And since, uh, the last time been on here, we did have our Grand Clash back in last October. Right. So almost a year ago. Uh, It was really awesome seeing uh, Team Day Night Robbery uh, come from London, Ontario. Uh, So shout out to Josh and Tristan and everybody there. And one of the really interesting things that resulted from that was we put together the Canadian League of First Tier Shadespire. The Canadian... FTS cloths. The the uh, if you use that one as an I, you can right. use numbers up here. But uh, anyway, uh, so okay. yeah, we so we've put together that, and so Team Canada, is, our goal is to be a force to be reckoned with uh, wherever we show up in the tournament scene. Uh, along with that, our COVID restrictions started to get uh, released or, or withdrawn at the start of summer, uh, which has been nice because I've been able to get out. Uh, I'm, as you might know, I'm big into live action role playing. Uh, so my Blood Bowl hmm. LARP has been going really strong all year. Blood Bowl, Blood Bowl LARPing? What, like playing rugby? Yeah, playing rugby uh, in the for the Alberta Cup. Uh, at the end of the day, everybody <laughs> on that pitch just pretends to be an ogre and a troll or a speedy elf. So it, I thought that's what really you're talking about. Setting. Okay, cool. All right, so it sounds like a lot's been going on with you, and that's good. Uh, but let's get into the let's get into this underworld stuff. Um, so we have you on because again. We're going to make a lot of boner jokes, and uh, we, we, we needed you. So uh, let's talk about Kanan's Reapers. Just first of all, I, I like this warband. I played a lot, and you, you gave me one of your uh, one of your lists, and I was trying that one out, and it was a lot of fun to play, and they're a really interesting warband. And so let's let's get started and talk about them. Getting started with these uh, these fighter cards. Okay, so we're going to start with Mir Kanan, who is... As, as as has been described, a unit. He's a scary dude. Um, yeah, he's big and scary, and he's got all these little little boner friends. Okay, so Mir Kanan is a level one wizard, and don't forget that because I played against somebody with your uh, Lost Pages build, and they, they like they they like messaged me after we played the game, and and they're like, 
wait a minute. <laughs> like, how do you score lost pages? I'm like, he's a wizard. Like Harry Potter. He is a wizard. Bigger. Yeah. Um, so Samir so Kane is a level one wizard and just has some crazy stuff going on here. Okay, so so we have a, a range two, two smash, three damage off the bat, which we have not seen a whole heck of a lot of in this season. And that's a Soul Reaper axe. And they, he also has a scything off the bat. One range, two smash, two damage. That is, that's a lot to start. And a 3-1-6 bottom slash line on, on, uh, on shields. Just a lot of power to start has two things in the text um so we're gonna kind of bounce over to uh bin arkenta's one because that's where it talks about the bone tithing so this is a, a new mechanic called the bone tithe and it says after an enemy fighter is taken out of action gain one tithe counter if that fighter had a wound characteristic of four plus gain two tithe counters instead only one fighter can use this ability each time a fighter is taken out of action. So that means that if Kenta and Kanan are both on the field when something dies, only one of them can use it. All right. So one thing uh, to make yeah. sure that everybody is clear on when it comes to the Bone Titi is that when that gets scored, it does go to your entire team. Uh, yes. So in the case of if you've been stacking it and you lose Binar Kenta, then because Mirkanen is still there, you still have those titty counters. The same works if Mirkanen goes down and you still have Binar Kanta, uh, you stack up your three bone titty counters and then you're able to inspire your entire team. Right, I'm, I, right. so when you get to the ins inspiration, which is you have to have three or more of the tithe counters... Uh, the, everybody inspires. So as so you have to have Kanan and Ke or Kenta, but not necessarily both on the field to get them inspired. But those tithe counters really only help Kanan because Kanan has the uh, second little piece of text over here that's called Invigorated. And it says at the start of this fighter's activation, you can discard two tithe counters. And if you do, you pick one modifier to apply until the end of the activation, either plus one move, or the Soul Reaper, Reaper Axe, which is the big attack, has either plus one dice if you're looking for accuracy, or plus one damage if you're looking for damage. Okay. Now, how are you playing with these Bone Tithes when you play them? Are, is it really important to get these guys um, inspired, or is it better to use it for the, uh, to, for the Invigorated to get a little bit of a stronger attack, or is it completely situational? Uh, I would say it's completely situational. One of the biggest things about uh, this team is that whether you're just going straight on with Mirkanen or you're trying to use your Brotex for whatever they need, uh, using those bone titties at the, the most advantageous point. So don't be afraid uh, to spend them, even if it might mean that you're delaying your Inspire or if it means that you're going to be able to pump your guys up as quick as possible. So it's uh, this team is so is, is so flex uh, the entire way through that it's going to be a case-by-case-by-case case case basis. Okay, so it basically pilots call. Exactly. All right, cool. Um, when Kanan becomes inspired, if you have those three counters and he's still on the table... 
Yikes. He gains a lot, actually. The Soul Reaper Axe goes up to four damage, which we have not seen, I think, since Malog, right? I, I think so, too, yeah. And then, geez, and then the, his scything attack is way better than Malog's scything attack because I think Malog goes up to like three on swords uh, for two damage, and uh, Kanan goes up to three on hammers. For yeah, two having damage. hammers on a scything attack is pretty insane. It's nuts. Yeah. yeah, it's it's insane. And then also goes up to two uh, two block. Now, Derek, you and I were talking about this, um, how sometimes the scything attack is the better one to go for just because it's more accurate. So That's if right. you're, yeah, no, go ahead. That's right. Especially in uh, this meta where we've seen a lot more times that people are trying to stack up uh, their defensive stats, whether it's uh, going on guard or having ploys or other effects that keep you on guard or just getting extra defense dice or rerolls for that. Being able to overpower it first off by getting engorged uh, with the bone titty counters or using that range one uh, rake and swing attack is just such a huge bonus and it, it shouldn't be something that uh, you should forget about. Right. And uh, it, but but don't forget the the plus one dice or the plus one damage doesn't apply to the scything attack. It can only be a, uh, to the to the range two soul reaper axe attack. That is correct. But, yes. Yeah, but uh, but three and eight hammers. <laughs> I mean, some I, I even without the scything, it might be better to go with uh you know with a three hammer two two smash attack is really strong. That's so that's Kanan, and he, yeah, he's 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 just a big boner. He does have six health. Have... He does start with six health. Right. So, so you have and to then be... he and then he yeah. has a lot of little guys that you know have way less health so they do give up a lot of points if you end up getting like wiped out or close to it that's true all right so let's move on and talk about his lieutenant binarkenta and uh binarkenta has a nadrite halberd which is a two range two smash two damage attack which is great starting stats and also has something called nadrite and we'll get to that in a second. Has a 313 bottom slash line to begin with. Has the bone tithe thing and the nadrite thing, which we will talk about in a minute. Just picks up Cleve when he's inspired. Um, let's talk about this nadrite thing, though. Uh, you have to go over to uh, Rod Carew to see what that's uh, what that stuff is. But on on Carew's card, it says nadrite is a plus one damage if the attack roll contains any single supports and if there is one surviving friendly supporting more tech uh everybody in the warband is a more tech except for the leader if it contains any single supports and or double supports and there are two or more friendly supporting fighters you'd also get that plus one damage but i think it only ever goes up by plus one right that's correct. It's yeah. not it's not one per roll of it of it or it's and it's not one per like if you have two more techs around the same guy and you attack with Binarkenta and you roll a single support and a double support, you don't get plus two. It's only ever plus one. There you go. You got it. Either ha it either happens or it doesn't. Okay. Uh so what are we doing with Binarkenta over here? Anything in particular that you think is interesting? 
So Ben Arkenta, he is a bro tech, uh, but he's, he's more like the professor. He's going to be the one that, that you use to direct the rest of your team. Uh, his range to attack, and especially once it has cleave, is going to be very important. But one thing that, that I think we should almost jump to at this point is the special rule on Hawkor, which is bro tech advance. Uh, so okay. that's a reaction. Okay. Yeah, After this fighter's move action, choose one friendly Brotech that has no move or charge tokens. That chosen fighter makes a move action that must end adjacent to this fighter. Now, the reason why it's sort of important to mention it now is because Kenta does not have Brotech advance. Right, he does Only all the other bros. Mm. So he has to be the last bro in your Brotech shuffle. You can move Karu, and then Senha, and then Hakor as a reaction, reaction, reaction. But as soon as you get to Kenta, you're not able to advance any of the other bros up. Okay. Wait, wait, so wait. That's, that's stops with him, you're this. saying? That's correct. Wait, can you stack them like yes, that? Yes, you can, because, my friend. It's a, but it's a reaction after the fighters move action. So that guy, oh, then the next guy moves. And then, there's a new, and then a there's a new action. reaction window? Yes, there's another person each... making a move action. Oh. I was not I was not doing that. I thought you could only do one per move. So like you would move hardcore and then Senha with them, and then on the next activation you'd move Karu and then Kenta would go with them. Is that how you're doing it when you That's how I was wrong? playing it because I thought oh, that that's, I yeah. I thought that's how you had to do it. But, no, but you're you saying all in all one. Five of them. Yeah. Really? As long as, but they have to be able to land next to each other. That's correct. Interesting. I did not catch that. Okay, so that's that's actually better than I thought. It's like Christmas for boners. I, I, sure, for boners. All right. Well, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like a, it's like a boner party. So one of the march one of the, march of the boners. Yeah. One of the boner, very, boner parade. Uh, one of the very effective. Uh, first moves that you can make is run, uh, say, Senha onto a projective, and then use that Brotech advance uh, to get Hawkor and then Karu and have Kenta uh, chain through so that your objectives that are two hexes away from each other are now both occupied. Uh, with right. Ah, interesting. So this was great, uh, you know, before rotation hits for season five where you could score scrum or hidden purpose yeah. right off the first yeah. activation. Yeah, I was doing it in two separate activations like a dummy. <laughs> okay. And and also like you you also had this other card, the one what's well, we'll get to it when we get to it. It's the one where like the three bro techs are like sitting next to each other. And I'm like this is really hard to score. It's like, yes, when you do it stupidly. Okay. <laughs> So uh, anyway, so Kenta cannot he he cannot start the chain, but the other guys can start the chain. Yeah, Kenta uh, has to end the chain. Kenta has to end it. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. So then we have uh, speaking of the Brotex, or they're they're really called Mortex. So we're going to say the real name one time. Um. But but it but Derek is will insist on calling them Brotex. So just like that's what he means. Um, so we have Karu, Rod Karu, who uh, has also a Nadrite weapon. It looks like a club. It's actually called the Nadrite Club. It is a one range, two smash, one damage. 
and has a 312 bottom slash line, has the Mortec Advance, and has the Nadrite. When he inspires, he'll gain a, a decent amount of stuff, actually. He gains a knockback, gains a damage, and also gains a an extra defense die roll. So that's two on shields, which is pretty good. Then you have Senha, who is uh, more of like a knife and shield guy, and he's got the Nadrite Blade, which is a uh, a one range, two smash, one damage with that same three one two bottom slash line on shields. Everybody's on shields here. We got the Mortec Advance. We have the Nadrite. We'll go to g- gains a decent amount too. Uh, gets a three. Actually, gets uh, Riptooth's old uh, attack profile, which is uh, three on swords and two damage, and also gains an extra shield die when he's on defense. Then we have Harkor. It's that thing where you like jump around on like park furniture. No. All right. Not funny. Now I'll cut that one out. All right, he's got something called a Soul Cleaver Great Blade, and that is a pretty good right off the bat, actually. One damage, two smash, two... Sorry, one range, two smash, two damage. Uh, Gains cleave. Three, one, two, bottom slash line doesn't change. Has more tech advance. But he does not have Nadra. Does not have the Nadra. What's going on there? So it's because he, he... his sword is just like Katana. He has my back. His sword captures the souls of his victims. Uh, Hawkor really is the professional of this group. He's going to be the guy that gets the work done. Really? Well, he gains cleave, and he's already hitting a two to start. So, I mean, I don't know if he really needs the Nadrite quite as much as the other guys do, who need to, like, inspire before they can hit harder. He just he starts out at two, so... All right. Yeah, yeah. And then we have... Uh, Know him? I just met him. Nah. Yeah, that was also not funny, but a little bit cleaner. He's a Mortec and a Hunter. Okay. He has a bow, and therefore has, he is a Hunter. He has, I guess so. That's kind of Despite being a skeleton. Right. So a Nadrite bow. So he does have Nadrite. Uh, and it's a, it's a decent attack. It's better than the stupid, uh, bow, you know, what is his name? Uh, stick it? No, no, no. What's his name? Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. You're not going to disrespect Stick It. No, no, not Stick It. Not that guy. No, who was his name? Dak, the Sharp Sticker. Daco. That's where I was thinking. Right. So it, it's better than Daco, who has like a three range, two fury, one damage. And I don't think it gets any better. Oh, no, it goes up to like three. But um, he starts with two. His bow is a three range, two smash, one damage with the Nadrite upgrade. And then. When he gets inspired, it goes up to a three smash on the bow. Uh, bottom slash line is three one two. So all the more tech start on three one two, and uh, has the more tech advance and has the nadrite. So um, it's a really interesting, like native attacks, really interesting profiles. Um, it, it's a lot of damage to chew through. What is it? It's like uh, let's see, it's nine, eleven, thirteen. Uh, 15, 17 damage, you know, like, yeah, and they're all on shields, so it's not even as and easy on to, shields, to, right. to go through, yeah, exactly. All right, so there you go. And, and some of them go up to two right. shields when they're inspired, 
Uh, some of them do. Yeah, that's right. The guys with the shields that that ha- that are literally holding a shield, they're right. the ones that go up to shields. If you're holding a shield, you defend on shields, and if you have a bow, you're a hunter. That's that's how this game works. There you go. Yeah, it's all t- it's all top down. You know that. Yep. All right. So cool. Um, so any anything you want to mention, Derek, before we move on? Well, really, just how to play them. Uh, the the big thing to mention, especially with Brotech Advance, when you have Karu and Senha. You're often going to want to make sure that they end up on your projectives. Uh, you're going to need to make sure that when you inspire your team, uh, that two shield just makes them really hard to mm. knock off of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, where, whereas Hawkor, as your professional, he's going to be coming in, making some some very uh, large swings with his sword. And Nuhim, who is a celebrity, uh, he's going to be making a lot of good shots. And you you would be surprised how many times you charge Nuhim up and then use Brotech Advance to get a very cheeky support, even though Nuhim's at range. Gotcha. Yeah, you can have him from like two away and get another guy closer. And he can still shoot it. I, I, I think that there's just a lot of a lot of depth and dimension to this group and like everybody kind of brings a little bit. It's a very well designed group, to be honest with you. Very and very interesting. All right. So 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 Derek, uh we were talking about the different, you know, possible ways to build them out. And we're considering stuff that's you know uh, you know stuff that's that that still includes uh, season three stuff. We're including stuff that doesn't include season three stuff, and maybe is ready for season five stuff. Let's talk about it. So, so the first one, which is the one that you you, you gave to me, and I was playing a little bit, and it's the one that I, I have the most uh, personally, I have the most experience with, is a lost pages build. Oh, uh, now I have just- a lot of. Sorry, so so I had a lot okay. of fun with this, and uh, originally piloted it into uh, one of the big online vassal clashes, and I was quite proud that it made it to the finals. Uh, lost mm-hmm. to Tommy Convoy, so congrats to him on that one. Yeah, but that's not because your deck was bad; it's because you played Tommy Convoy. That that would be the case. Yeah, that is definitely uh, the case. Now the the big thing about the lost pages is that it it's the epitome of flex, which Chasm was really going for. You would have the quick surges like Scrum, like Hidden Purpose, that your little bros will be able to score for you. And then by putting in three or four lost pages, you, you're able to get that big three glory swing at the end. In the meantime, things like Martial Mage and Savage Exemplar were great because mm. Kanan would be able to run around, get some kills. When, when the Vassal Clash was going, we still had Ferocious Resistance, which is right. uh, Forsaken Cardinal, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he was able to heal and deserve confidence. So he he was really a, a very strong Voltron in his own right, but then was also scoring glory at the end, making kills, and getting that easy search glory with your little bros. Yeah, and, and Yara's Instant Shield is nothing to be sneezed at when you have two defense dice. So uh, that was even useful, and also it gives them a little bit extra range because the other, the other two lost pages like you are like range attacks. So it it actually adds a few dimensions to what you're able to do. Uh, when I played him, I was able to on about two or three occasions get every single upgrade on him, and that just makes Nagash happy. And it's just it's so much fun. Like when you could do something like that. Like that was I remember playing against uh against uh Chris uh Krista Williger who's uh in in our meta. 
and uh is a recent player but he's but he's but he's good and uh i just remember getting that on there and be like oh this is what I, this is why i like this game because you can do weird stuff like this and i'm just like 10 cards out all beautiful all right so the lost page build uh we'll talk about that in a little bit uh we, we actually when we get to our whip out your deck section uh, you also talked about Brotech aggro where your aggro is concentrated on the little more tech guys that's right. So uh, one of the really neat design spaces that uh, this release took was there's a lot of Brotech-centric upgrades and ploys. Uh, these are ones that are specifically designed for either Kanta or Hawkor, one of them to use, but Kanan isn't able to do that. So what you would use is take those Brotech-specific uh, uh, upgrade cards, put them on your boys, send them in, they're able to do quite a bit of damage before your opponent can chew through them. And then with that extra glory, uh, you have Kanan come in. Because remember, he's not a bro tech, so he's not going mm. to be on the front line. But he is an right. honor bro rare, so he's able to come and finish off the game. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you call that cuddle boners? Uh, that was the original uh, title to this one because when you have oh, just your your little uh, Senha coming up and all of a sudden there's two other Brotex surrounding your target, that makes everybody happy and engorged. Just a, bu- it, just a bunch of little boners get it all started and then a giant boner finishes it off as, you, as you, one you, does. You need to stop. We're gonna throw you, we're gonna throw you in the we're gonna throw you into the brochure pretty soon. Oh, oh my God. Uh, that was so good, Randall. Yeah, so good. All right, so good, bro. The next one is 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 when the the aggro is concentrated on Kanan, on the big guy. You said this might be better as like a season five starts and might be like kind of like an early like Voltroning, you know, in in the new season. So uh, t- tell us about uh, this one in particular. That's right. So the the Canaan Egg Bro is really when you have all uh, your upgrades, they will still go on Canaan, and you're going to use your uh, Brotex to sit on those projectos. But once you get Canaan stacked up more and more and more, you're going to find that he's almost impossible to take down. Now, the, the big thing that you need to watch for is because it still will take you a little while to get him inspired, to get him tooled up, you need to worry about that very super fast aggro. So it's very much a balancing act. You you can't just throw Kanan up there and think he's going to be able to uh, take down everything that comes. Uh, but by the same token, you can't hold him back either because then you don't get enough shots with him. Gotcha. And then the last one you thought is has some play possibly is kind of an objective flex kind of defensive version of this group. That's right. I'm really interested in how uh, flexing with your projectos is going to work, especially in the new season. A lot of the easy-to-score projective cards are going to be rotated out right. as Season 5 starts. So we're going to see if something replaces temporary victory and hidden purpose. Now, right. from what it appears, it doesn't seem like all those easy-to-score objectives will still be there. But either way, I think that this is a, it's going to be a viable use, and I'm going to be really interested in how it looks going forward. Okay, so, so with these four different possible builds in mind, we took a look at all the faction-specific cards. 
as we do. And we're going to take a look at them. Uh, obviously, we always look for auto-includes. These are cards that are absolutely going to be in any deck as long as you're playing this Warband. You're definitely going to play it. And then we're going to talk about some of the other ones, but only ones that we think would actually work in one of these decks. So we have the Lost Pages deck. We have the the Brotech aggro, where the, the Mortechs are doing the aggro. We have the Kanan aggro, where your big guy's doing most of it. And then we have the objective uh, flex defensive version, maybe. So first of all, uh, and uh, so so Randall will, will, will read what the card says, and then uh, we'll discuss. Randall, the one that we all decided was the only auto-include, that means it doesn't matter how you're playing these guys, you're going to put this card in there, was a Gruesome Certainty. Gruesome Certainty is a surge. It says, score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action that resulted in a critical hit, and I believe you get one for that. Yes, one. One yes, glory. Yes, one. All right. One glory surge. Right. Get a crit. I think, yeah, you just have to get a crit and it has to land. Like, that's going to happen It has to go through, once. we decided. Yeah, right. So if you roll defended, a crit, opponent also rolls a crit, since that is not a successful but, attack. Yeah, that, that does not count as a result in a critical okay. hit if they critically right. defend and the way that you know this and this, this was actually really good in the instruction booklet that came with Direchasm, is that it gives you a little table that tells you the results yeah like on the last page a critical yeah. hit there so yeah. you need to get a crit and the attack needs to be successful so it's a little dice dependent of course but you know unless you're playing vassal and you're me you're probably going to roll a crit at some point yeah, well, they have ways to, you know, juice themselves up and then right. get more dice and all the stuff like that. Yeah, A lot of absolutely. their guys have three once they're inspired, three dice. Yeah, and there's a lot of reroll stuff, too. So. Yep. All right. So gruesome certainty, it doesn't matter if you're playing these guys, you're going to be making attacks, you're going to roll crits occasionally. You're going to attack even if you're playing a, like a flex, you know, you have to defend your yeah. your objectives, too. So. Of course it's and a, then, of it's, course, it's in it's both of the different aggro builds, it's... Right. definitely good like it's like a of course warrior. it's kind of it's it's hard to tell when it's gonna go off whereas other ones you can kind of manufacture the exact moment it will go off but but it's still likely to occur it's still well, going to be decently reliable well you can and, set it up um, with if you, know, you just keep attacking ready. eventually you'll roll a crit unless you're me playing vassal <laughs> All right. Next, uh, for the for the Lost Pages build, uh, what did we like here for Lost Pages build? You said ranks unbroken by descent. Yeah, ranks unbroken by descent is a one glory score in the end phase if three or more friendly Mortex are in one group in which each fighter is adjacent to one or more other fighters in that group. So a little bit this like was scrum, the one. yeah, yeah, a little bit this like was scrum, one, but it's not I, I didn't a surge. Realize. And you only need three instead of four. And Kanan can't be your guy because he's it not has a to be more tech. Right. Yeah, so... So yeah. the reason... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So the reason why I like this is especially because in your first move with your Brotex, you're going to use that Brotex advance. You're going to get onto a couple Brojectives. And it's going to make sure that uh, your team is together. Uh, to score that ranks unbroken, whether it's the first, second, or third round. And in the meantime, it lets Kanan run up and get all those titty counters uh, in order to get your team inspired. 
And if you play the way that they actually play, it's a lot easier than if you play it the stupid way like I did. Um, the next one, Macabre Splendor. Uh, just kidding. Macabre Splendor. Macabre Splendor uh, is a hybrid. Score this in an end phase if each surviving friendly fighter is inspired or one or more surviving fr friendly fighters each have three or more upgrades. Yeah, this is also just a no-brainer. You put this... I'd say you put this in everything. Build. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. yeah, like because it's either one of those is going to happen every game. I'd say you know you're either going to juice up um, Kanan or you're going to get eventually get inspired. And it doesn't have to be. It just says each surviving friendly. It doesn't say like three or more or something. Right, it like could that. just be yeah. one yeah, of it them. It could be right. one guy. Yeah. So you're just going to get That's that right. every game. Yeah, and just having that flexibility, uh, we put it in the Lost Pages build, but unless you're running the Protech Aggro, uh, you'll, you'll almost have this in your team. Mm. Okay, so those were the two that we thought were particularly good for the Lost Pages build. I mean, they, they might work in the other ones too, but for the Lost Pages, that kind of fits pretty well. All right, so now if we're doing Brotech aggro, that's where the Mortex are doing all the aggro, and Kanan is really just there to kind of clean up the mess after it's all done. You know, it's like Magneto said, in chess, the pawns go first. Mm. So we have Pride of the Thorak cast. Pride of the Thorak cast is a surge and it says score this immediately after an activation if three or more mortex are in enemy territory for one glory i mean you're just going to be advancing them anyway in that particular build yeah so with their little movement shenanigans they can do and you know if you're playing it in an aggressive fashion and you, I would and you only have four mortex so right i we got five five actually. five sorry five because kenta counts yeah. I, I i would just be worried about drawing this later in the game yeah. And you're right. That's the one time that you do need to worry about it. However, on the flip side of it, depending on the board that, that you pick, that can easily be a first activation surge glory. Yes, it can. Absolutely. Which is really nice. Another one that we liked for the Brotech aggro was Walking Mass Grave. Walking Mass Grave. Uh, says score this in the end phase if each surviving friendly fighter has one or more move and or charge tokens. So, so that's a lot easier than I thought because if you do the the more tech advance, they all get a move token, yeah, and, and the, then you just do something with Kanan. The, the more tech advance it. is similar to the way that the sepulchral guard works, and that it gives people a move token when yes. they do the movement. Um, yeah, so you just move everyone with the little Mortex shuffle, and then you charge Kanan, and you got it. But it is right. in the end phase. Sure, but I mean, like, but that's that's more likely to happen even than, you know, Ranks Unbroken by Descent. Because if you have Ranks Unbroken by Descent, and somebody, like, kills the guy in the middle, you know, it, it, then it can be poo-pooed. But once you put, you know, move tokens on stuff, they very rarely come off. So I think it's a little... But yeah, unless little you more. take it off by yourself, which you wouldn't do if you had this card in your hand. Probably not. So that's th those are two that we like specific with Brotech aggro. That's if you're going with the Mortex in there. Now, if you're going with Kanan aggro, we said we had two that we thought might be good if you're trying to really beef up Kanan and get him in there. One is Pride of the Emissarian cast. Okay, Pride of the Emissarian cast is a surge. says score this immediately after an activation if your leader holds an enemy holds an, an objective in enemy territory for one glory. Oh. So it's basically 
uh, bold conquest, except you don't have to charge. That's right. right. And it's it's also a really nice one to have. Uh, it, it used to be extremely potent when Swift Capture was there. So if Swift Capture gets rotated out, uh, it won't be quite as good. But uh, being able to walk up Kanan, cap a projective right away, and then you still have that range to attack of his. So if anyone gets too close to him, he's still going to be able to take a swing. Right. And and if you have that in your deck, you're going to have to make sure that you are very savvy about your board selection and also your uh, objective placement. That's right. So. For anyone that was playing Warcox Crushes, uh, they're pretty familiar with capping uh, just a single objective in enemy territory. So it, with, it's a, with, with a movement of three. Yeah, that's right. So it's it's a very uh, similar game plan there. Sounds good. And and the other one we liked for especially for the Kanan aggro build is Tithe Masters or or as you're gonna call it Titty Masters. So I might as well just get in there right now. Titty Masters. Titty Masters. Tithe Masters. Yeah, so so Tithe is how they say it in Quebec. I I guess you guys being on the East Coast, you're you're so close to the Francophones that that's how you pronounce it too. But uh, Tithe is the way you pronounce that word. No, the the rest of the world we say Titty. I mean, come on then. Okay. Anyway, this says Surge. Score this immediately after you gain. Is, a second is the rest of the world in a strip club? <laughs> <laughs> it's Tithe Masters. I can see it. All right, go ahead. Surge. Score this immediately after you gain a second or subsequent Titi counter in the same phase. Oh my god! All right. So you so... get. So if you get a, a. So now, what if you do something and you get two Tithe counters at the same time? Uh, you're still gaining a second Titi counter uh, okay, at okay. that time, and okay. it's still in the same phase. Okay. So this is great if you're killing a four-wound fighter or if the other team has a lot of little minions that you're able to go after. So one of my favorite times that I scored it was when I ran up Kanan with a sighting attack and took out uh, two skinks. And uh, once once you you get the taint of that skink off your skink, it is really oh nice to goodness. have a lot of titty counters. To I'm so you. glad. I'm so glad we asked you to be on this. This is just such great, such great podcasting. Next okay. One. <laughs> All right. For but you don't. Objective... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, okay, but, no, so you don't. You don't like this one in the Brotech aggro build. You only like this one in the. Canaan aggro build you're saying I think it's stronger in the Canaan build because the the ability to kill things I think is a little bit more heightened with him like a little bit more like I don't, I don't, I don't know correct me if I'm wrong it, you know re- really what it comes down to it's definitely a bubble card it, it's almost on the bubble always because you're always going to be wanting to try and score those titty counters however it takes a little a little bit more time uh when your protex are going aggro it seems to be a lot easier when kin's being your aggro right just because and... he he hits so much harder that's that's correct yes. yeah well it just yeah it just takes him most of the time it only, it only takes him one activation to actually kill somebody the other thing I was going to say is that, you know, later on as we, as we go on to the, the ploys, there are ploys that let you gain tithe counters, you know, in the, yeah, in the action, not the power directly. phase. Yeah, right, right. right. Not potentially, directly, potentially gain them. Yeah, so, potentially. So, like, yeah. you could, for example, kill somebody and then play one of those cards where they get to choose, and if they give you the counters, then you would just score this right away. Because right. it's score immediately. It's not after uh, 
an activation or anything. Yeah. Which is cool. I like. I, I think this card's pretty good. Pretty cool. Okay. Any of these might be worth using in other versions. We just think they're particularly strong in these particular versions. For the objective flex defense, we didn't really see anything that we hadn't already talked about as being particularly good, but we thought, you know, ranks unbroken by descent is pretty good in that, that case. And yeah. And then maybe uh Pride of the Emissarian class might be good in that style as well. Because... For for that second one, it really depends how you're going to play Kanan. Uh are yeah. you going to keep him back to protect your bros? Are you going to run him up there? It's really a pilot's choice at that point. Okay. All right. So those are the objectives we thought. The faction-specific objectives we thought were good. Let's go to gambits. Auto include. None. We don't. We don't. I don't think any of these cards are like you have to play them. Definitely, there's no obvious ones. And also, we 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 noticed. There isn't a card that just gives you a tithe counter. It's not just like give yourself one tithe counter for this card. Like everything has, it's interesting that they, they made sure that that mechanic had stipulations if you're going to use a card to do it. So one of the really, really clutch points about that, uh, because if you've played Magor's Fiends or if you're playing the new Vampires or Kagra's Ravagers, each of them do have a card that would automatically inspire one of your team. I think if they did have a Gambit in there that just says gain one titty counter or gain uh, a pair of titties, uh, then you you would find that it'd be just a little bit overpowered. It gave the chance that you could inspire Mirkanen, uh right off right at the first activation, which mm-hmm. I... I don't think would be a good place for for this game to be in. So it's another comment on how well balanced these guys are and how how much thought I think the design team. uh, Yeah, I think the design and I've been saying it this entire, you know, season going over these, I think the design team, like, you know, you guys, wherever you are, you did a fabulous job getting the, uh, getting this, the season as balanced as possible. Really, really good stuff. That said, again, um, so no no auto-includes necessarily. Lost Pages build, like, you didn't have any faction-specific ambits in that build. Uh, that's correct, yeah. Uh, everything I wanted was on the universal side. Okay. Yeah, it happens sometimes. But so let's let's talk about the Brotech aggro. You had a lot of stuff here that you liked for the Brotech aggro. So, again, this is the version where you're attacking with the Brotex, with the Mortex. We like Dire Ultimatum. Okay, so Dire Ultimatum is a ploy restricted to Kanan. It says minus one dice from enemy fighters attack actions to a minimum of one unless the attack action targets a friendly Kanan. This effect persists until an enemy fighter makes an attack action that targets a friendly Kanan until a friendly Kanan is out of action or until the end of the round. So basically what that says is you play this and then until the end of the round, anybody who attacks a fighter other than Mir Kanan has minus one dice to their attack action to a minimum of one. Talk, talk about this one, Derek. How, how would you so, play this card? So this is really great, especially as I explained, running your Brotex up to, to start off the game, because you'll have Mir Kanan back a bit, and even if your opponent wants to get rid of this gambit right off the bat, it means that they need to overextend one of their team, either through your Brotex or uh, just trying to get around them. And then at that point, 
because you uh, Hawker especially he's able to take that big blade and just shove it where the sun don't shine on whoever f- whatever foolish uh miniature has gone so into hardcore. your area so hardcore it's so hardcore yeah and so it, it's something that will definitely mess with your opponent's game plan no matter what that game plan happens to be yeah no absolutely and then oh right and then like if they want to go and attack Kanan, that's fine but now he's just like sitting in space in the middle of all your guys so you got just easy target right there to like kind of swarm on the amount of cuddling and boning that occurs after that uh, oh yeah Barack Obama jealous I'm I'm sure who? Rocko Broma? Who's that? You don't know about Bro Rock Obroma? Bro Rock Obroma? Oh, How about God, Joseph no. Broden? J- you mean jo- jo- Josh, Joe Broden? Josh Broden? Josh Broden? Yeah, what about Bro Sidon? Lord of the Brosian. <laughs> or overseas, there's also Broseph Stalin. Yeah, it's real true. Uh, I hate that guy. Oh my goodness! All right, where okay. are we at now? What what card are we on? I, I don't know. I I don't even know. I've completely lost the narrative thread. Exceptional efficiency. That's another one we like oh, okay, for Brotech okay. Agro. Exceptional efficiency says, when you play this card, pick one opponent. That opponent picks one, com or colon. You gain two tithe counters, or in the next activation, you can re-roll any number of dice in friendly Mortex attack roll. So this is one of those cards that we were saying. <laughs> Nobody's going to give you two tithe counters. Yeah. Your opponent. <laughs> Nobody's going to do of that. What they're going to do, and oftentimes, it's the rerolls. Yeah, oftentimes it's fueled it, by well, fury. Well, uh, effectively, it's fueled by fury because nobody's going to give you tithe counters. True, true, true. Especially earlier, especially well, early in the game. What if you're? What if you're like already inspired? Everybody's already inspired. Yeah, well, especially early in the game. Okay. I think. I think it's. I think it's more of an obvious choice. In, at the beginning yeah, of the Derek game, Derek and, was saying that kind of when he was playing coin flip later. When he yeah, was playing, it, the people would would oftentimes choose not giving him the tithe counters almost every time. Yeah, and, and this is actually what's funny about exception bro for efficiency. Uh, they there are times when it actually would be better just to give the tithe counters because getting uh, the bro text the extra attack that. Uh, uh, you lose you lose the piece, uh, so that you lose those titty counters anyway, and now you've lost a guy. So sometimes it's uh, just worth it to to give that up. All so right. it's either either way, it's going to be a decision for your opponent. And the more decisions that he has to make, the more he is going to question uh, how well he's playing against you. Yeah, this card is good because either option is really good for you, you know. That's right. Getting the re-roll is nice, not only just to, you know, re-rolls are always good, but then, you know, the guys are pretty accurate when they're supporting each other, and they do extra damage when when you roll the support. So you could theoretically re-roll a hit into a support and have a more effective attack. Well, let's move on to the next one. Methbrotical Assault. No, that doesn't make sense. We can't say that. I don't know. I'm just no, trying no, to get no, in no. there. I, I thought that was perfect. I was going to do this. You, you like that one? Okay. Well, I was thinking Methodobro Assault, but that doesn't sound as good. Okay. Methodical Bro- Assault. Bro Assault says, reaction. <laughs> after this fight, after a friendly Mortex failed attack action, pick one opponent. That opponent picks one. You gain two tithe counters, or that Mortex makes an attack action. 
Nobody's gonna give you two tithe counters. Yeah, but then you get to you just you get, get to get to, to attack again. Yeah, see, again, uh, you're you're gonna Allison. be surprised uh, when because in a, a lot of times, do you want to give your opponent a pair of titty, or do you want to give them that extra attack where you're going to lose your guy and he gets a titty or two anyway? He might miss. I don't know. It depends. Like early in the game, exactly. I'm not giving you tithe counters. Later in the game, I might give you a tithe counter if you're already inspired, and it doesn't matter. Sure. Or if it's the last activation of the game, then I might do it. Because then it's like, I don't care if you have the tithe counters, you can't use them for anything. Right? Yeah. But so but but for most of the game you're not gonna give them tithe counters. Like so, I would rather you try it again and, and might and might you have a chance to miss than definitely inspiring your dudes. Anyway, it's tough. But it, it acts like like ceaseless attacks and like endless malice and you know, there's a lot of those like attack again cards. Depending on the timing of this card, uh, it, it it's basically like one of those. Now, who would you? Now, you use this one mostly on Hakor, right? I, Honestly, I, you will use it as soon as you get a chance to. Okay. Because yeah. you know the the one thing that I don't like doing is keeping that card in your hand for a perfect chance, as opposed to doing it when it's a good shot, but you miss two or three good shots waiting for that perfect one that might not come. So yeah. I'm I'm big on getting it out there. Sometimes I'm a little premature on these things. Some uh, people like to get their boners out there. Sometimes they're premature. Well, you want to just That's get it true. out there, get a, draw a new card in the next round. Yeah. Exactly. The other thing is that we have to also have to remember that it's a 12 activation game. So it's like waiting for the perfect chance, you know, the, perfect, time, the, the opportunity yeah. for the perfect chance runs out really quick. So sometimes using it rather than losing it, which I hear is also true of boners. Mm -hmm. um, very true, very true. Not a good idea. Right, exactly. Like, you you know, you put the card in your deck, use it. As far as, uh, oh, we have one more. We have one more. Uh, never falter for the, for the Brotech aggro. Never falter says plus one move to friendly Mortex. This effect persists until the end of the round. I wish uh, every, I wish every faction had this. Right. Does Kenta have to? Kenta has to be on the table for that. Oh, this Kenta is does okay. Need hold to on. Be on the table. However, oh, yeah, the one thing to remember about this is that it does work with the Brotech advances. So when you're mm. using that reaction, all your little bros as they move up also get that plus one move. Nice. That's a lot for them. It really compounds. Kane yep. and Agro. Anything good for that? No, there there really isn't anything faction specific that I was I'm, using for him on that one. I mean, specific for that. I, I think, like, Methodical Assault you'd probably still use in this case, and maybe even Exceptional Efficiency would use. No, like because no? those only work for the Brotechs. You can't use that on Mirkanum. Oh, they're, bro, they're Brotech uh, specific? That's right. Oh, okay. Well, then I take that back. I didn't realize. Oh, because it's only in Mortex uh, stuff, and Methodical Assault is only in the Mortex. I got you. You would not. Absolutely. Okay. Next one. I'll edit that out. The the objective flex defense style, you said uh, maybe uh, never yield. Never yield. Okay, so this is restricted to Kenta. Deploy. It says each time a friendly Mortech is dealt damage, you can discard one tithe counter. If you do, reduce that damage by one to a minimum of one, and this effect persists until the end of the round. So you play it, okay. 
and then yeah. and you 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 first play it in a power phase, and then when the things are dealt damage, then you decide whether or not you want to spend the the tithe counters to reduce the damage. So probably you would play it as soon as you can in the well, round. Well, yeah, you play it in the first time you're able to play cards. Well, and actually, what you can do that's really cheeky is, uh, let's say your cannon gets a kill, you get a titty or two, and that inspires your team. Then you wait till the next power step to do it, uh, because once you're spending those titty counters, uh, you're not getting uninspired, even though you're at less yeah, than three. Yeah, I know, because that right, exactly. Oh, interesting. So, okay. so just be careful about your token management, which you should always be. The one other thing that I do want to mention about this is that it's not just a one shot. You can you can keep using it uh, throughout the round. It's not just the first time that uh, you decide right. to right. stop a damage. So it's it. sort of like uh, Brotex before titties. You, you need to make sure that you keep that in mind for your boys. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very important. As long as you have counters to do it with. Yeah, and, and we said this is good in the defensive flex style because that protects you from it protects your people it's your guys on the table yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely all right sounds good all right let's move on to to upgrades all right upgrades as far as auto includes we did have one uh hatred of the living hatred of the living is an upgrade restricted to amir kynan who says you can reroll one attack dice in this fighter's attack rolls for one range one and two attack actions Reaction during an attack action that targets this fighter before the deal damage step. Reduce the damage characteristic of that attack by one to a minimum of one, and then discard this card. So it juices up your melee attack, and then if you want to, you can decide to discard it for a little bit of a defense. So it's actually a better awakened weapon than an awakened weapon. It's actually better. Well, it's restricted to, to Kanan, though. Sure, which is who you want to have it on. But you want it on him anyway, and then you could use it as a get get out of death free card, right? And then yeah, but the the problem with it is that it's an upgrade, so you know it's like your it's it's no information to your opponent. No, with the defense Uh, thing. Oh yeah, they would have to uh, rip rip us. Right, but that. Right, 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 right. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the best one. This one is it, but it still messes up their calculus. Like they have to put right. more it, resources it'll, into it'll it. It'll sometimes off. make it so that your opponent has to spend an extra activation attacking Mirkanen, or or an extra. You know, they have to put an upgrade on something. Or yeah. They have to use a whatever, or like line you up uh, next to a lethal. They they have to do something more when that's on there. Plus, you're using it on offense. That's right. It's it's honestly so good that if for whatever reason there's a combo of cards and the designers decide that they need to take uh, uh, take these guys down a peg or two, this will be the first card to become restricted. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it also kind of forces your opponent to you know you can potentially get rid of the fact that he can re-roll the dice by attacking him. Which a lot of times you want them to do, depending on your positioning, because then it could leave right. them exposed. If they're just trying to hail Mary, kill the this upgrade off your guy. Oh, it's true. Yeah. All right. Now, Derek, for the Lost Pages build, we didn't have anything besides Hatred of the Living. That was the one that we had in there. That, that's right. Uh, really, when you have all the Lost Pages in there, it starts to take up that real estate really quick. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, but for Brotech Agro, plenty of stuff there. Uh, let's get going. Jeez, oh, a lot of stuff. Okay. We have Empowered Nadrite. Empowered Nadrite is restricted to Karu, Kenta, Nohem, and Senha. So not the greatsword guy because he doesn't have Nadrite. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Um, and it says that's plus pretty one, good. Plus one damage to this fighter's range one and range two Nadrite attack actions, and plus one dice to this fighter's Nadrite attack actions. That's so good. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, have it. You have plus then, one dice and damage and one. Yeah, damage. add. I mean, add. Uh, oh, but it has inspired to be, attack. I'm sorry, but add this, punching up. But a Nadrite attack action is only when you're supported, right? Or is it? Oh no, it's not. It, no, it's just, it's just using Nadrite, on nadrite the weapon. weapon. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whether no, or not okay. you get the plus one for the sure, the Nadrite sure. support. Yeah, that, yeah. That's that's plus. Good. Yeah. No, I think you you can you could potentially pump up one of your little dinky dudes, like a lot with yeah, the right with like combination three dice of card. And, yeah, two damage. Oh, yeah. Three damage. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who do you who do you like to put this on the most, Derek? I, I personally love to have it on uh, the man himself, Kenta, uh, okay. because now he's got a mm. range two, three hammer, three damage with cleave, cleave. If he's inspired. It makes for a really fun day. Right. Okay. But Or you can put it on, on hardcore also with the cleave. You, if you, you, cannot, have... you cannot do we just, no. we just Oh, it's not hardcore? Sorry. You cannot do that. Yeah. No, no, I know. There was one guy you couldn't do it on. I forget which guy. Okay. It's pretty damn flaccid when you make mistakes like that. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's totally something I would do during a game and be like, and then have somebody be like, "Oh, you can't use that card on that guy." That's 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 so Bernstein. And also um, remember, it is range one and two, so you can't do it on Nohim as well. I thought I had four guys on it. It's, it's Karu, Kenta, Nohem, Senha. So technically, so you could do it on Nohem. Just doesn't have an attack that can use it. Oh, so if he had like some sort of. Wait a minute. No, because it, it has only to be a Nadrite on... attack. It has to be a Nadrite right. thing. So, so you could put it on be... him, but it just does nothing. It would do nothing. That's weird. They have that. Well, you would actually. Oh, you, you know what? Dice. Sorry. You would get um, the dice. You wouldn't yeah, get the you damage. get the dice, yeah. just not the damage. Oh, okay. Okay, okay that's not so bad. Oh, interesting. All right. But you would never put so it that... on him unless he's the last guy because you only get yeah. half the benefit of this yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing card. Okay. Empowered Nadrite. We like that if you're doing Brotech Aggro. Unstoppable Juggernaut. Unstoppable Juggernaut. Wait, Unstoppable Juggernaut. Okay, great. Uh, This is restricted to a Mortec, and it says plus one move, plus one wounds, period. Done. Ooh, good. Pump them up, make them faster. Yeah, and they're they're already pretty slow, and they have two health, so so you make a guy have move four, wounds three, which is very significant. Yeah, yeah, again, you can throw it on Kenta. Now he's got that fourth wound. He's got that fourth movement. He he does. He becomes quite a decent fighter at that stage. Sure. Yeah, definitely with the two range. Yeah, we talked about maybe in the, so so we had a, we had a few bubble cards we thought for this particular group. So if you're planning on doing Brotech Aggro, just take a look at these, see how they feel. But let's start with a Witchlight Glimmer. All right, Witchlight Glimmer is restricted to a Mortec. It says, this fighter is inspired and cannot be uninspired, and you can re-roll one dice in the fighter's attack action. Pretty good. Why is that bubble? Just better stuff? 
It's it's bubble, but you're going to find that there's a lot of upgrades that do take uh, a lot of slots in there. So just mm-hmm. having a reroll, or do you want that extra damage? At the end of the day, it's a good card for it, and likely you'll take it. But sometimes uh, it just doesn't make the cut. Maybe it's one of those like like early next season cards that you put in until something better pops up. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah, because 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 we always talk about this. I, you know, now we've been doing the podcast through season, you know, two. I think is when we started. Yes. And then, and every time there's rotation, which has now been this is like the third time we've talked about how like, well, maybe this card is going to be good at the beginning of the season because a lot of the old universals are going to be dis- disappearing, and you're going to need something. And it's not like a bad card. It's just that other stuff outshines it. Mm-hmm with its witch-like glimmer. It might be good at the beginning of the season, and then and something will probably outshine it later on. And same same for Discipline Charge. Uh, yeah, which, uh, Discipline Charge. Tell us about okay, that let me, one. Let me, let me just read that one real quick before you talk about it. It says, Restricted to a Mortec, you can re-roll any number of dice in this fighter's attack rolls during that fighter's charge action. All right. Which, again, seems seems like a really good card. However, there's probably better stuff you can do unless you have no other option like rotation just happened right the 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 line of where the bubble is shifts during the season as more universals pop up so those might be good soon actually because you know season season five is going to probably drop Uh, it looks like it's going to drop within the next month or so yeah so get those get those uh get those on the docket we also talked about maybe unnerving synchrony wait wait unnerving Synchrony. Unnerving Synchrony is restricted to a Mortec. After an adjacent friendly Mortec's attack action, other than a scything action, this fighter makes an attack action. So, if so, you're adjacent to one of your own guys when you attack, then the other guy gets to attack yeah, gets afterwards. So it's kind of like in a the reaction so, window. And, and I've given this a lot of thought, so this is where this might be interesting. If you're running up with one of your Brotex, and you bring Noheim with them using Brotech Advance. That first Brotech, let's say Hawkor, uh, makes his swing, and then whether he hits or not, you can use that reaction to get a cheeky little pop shot with Noki. That would be a really good one for it. Uh, same idea if you're bringing up Kenta, and then he gets say, a free a free attack. Uh, at range two. So there, there's definitely some uses to it. It's going to be something that you'll want to think about before you just pop that upgrade on someone, uh, figure out how you're going to use it. But right. there's definitely some some uses uh, that you'll be able to do there. Uh, really with, with all these, because I mean, we, we've had one, two, three, four, five, six, six of these upgrades that would go into a Brotech aggro. And, and that sort of goes into... This is a really good team right out of the box if you just want to mm. use the faction cards. Yeah. Uh, if you oh, want to play this way, yeah, so definitely. especially if if you're a new player, you you want a bit of a challenge, but you want to have a lot of fun. This will definitely make for some very entertaining games, especially for your first couple games here. Yeah, I remember when I first when this team first came out, and I was just screwing around with building a deck on Underworlds DB. I was my, the my first draft of the deck ended up having like. 13 in faction cards and that was before i played with all of them but they all sounded great and you know needed needed to be tested but yeah i mean i think definitely just by if you're if you're playing 
Vanguard or you're playing just like play straight out of the box, this team is excellent for that. Yeah. For the Kanan aggro build, we have one more uh, possible upgrade faction specific called Aura of Shayish. Okay, let me go up to A. Aura of Shayish. I mean, boners go up the A all the time. Yeah, let's... Plus one, <laughs> minus one dice from adjacent enemy fighters attack actions to a minimum of one. And this isn't even restricted to anybody. It has a picture of Kanan on it, but it's not restricted. So it's minus one dice from adjacent enemy fighters attack actions to a minimum of one. Now yeah, that so one of the yeah, one of the nice parts about this, uh often you're going to see uh your opponents going after Kanan, but even if they are just beside Kanan, you've got a big scrum forming uh with a bunch of models and they're going after uh one of your little protects, the aura still comes by them and Kanan just stands there and, and says shush. It's the aura of shush. Doesn't work against a snarl fang attack though. No, it doesn't. Uh, just because yeah. you you can't modify those dice. Right. Yeah, it doesn't right. work against things that can't be modified, and doesn't work against range two or three, which right. there are a lot of in the game now. Right, but there are of course some warbands where all they have is range one. Sure. You know, like and you know the banshees are like that. Uh, you know, Magors is like that. There's a few other ones. And then uh, for the objective flex defense version, um, we don't think there's anything new, but we do think empowered Nadrite and unstoppable juggernaut would probably be good for both of them. More wounds, you know, would always be good. You know, more a little bit more damage and dice to like get get guys off of you. But there you go. All right, so so lots of good stuff in there. Take a look at them. Try stuff out. Let's go to card awards for this stuff. A hunting aspect award. The Dangle Bro specific shitty card. This is gonna go to uh, go to Never Sleep. Okay, Never Sleep. I don't think we talked about that one. We that one is restricted to Kenta, and it says you, when you play this, discard two Tithe counters. When you do so, friendly Mortex adjacent to one or more friendly Mortex have plus one defense, and this per- persists until the end of the round. Uh, that's really it's a lot of conditions. Very high and, cost. Yeah. It's a lot of conditions, yeah. and it restricts your movement a little bit, unless you're already like set up where you want to be for the whole rest of the yeah. round. Yeah, and and Kenta has to be on the table. Yeah, and you know when you use it, your opponent, if they're savvy, because I think you have it says you have to do it for the next activation. It says uh, yeah. when you do so, friendly vortex adjacent. It persists till the end. Yeah, of the persists. Round. Yeah. Oh, okay, so they could just attack guys that where the situation doesn't arise. Right. Well, you have to. Yeah, that's why we're saying it's a. It's tough to set up. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's why. That's why it gets and the then hunting you can't aspect really award. Move after that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. The the aggressive defense award goes to the most confusing cards in the set. We we think the Kane and Kenta thing about the bone tides and like when you get them, um, is was was confusing. So there the was a lot of talk then. about like how does that go. Yeah, that's right. And even at the first Vassal Clash, they, they had to have a discussion just to clarify that for everybody. That's that's one of the big reasons why I always try to mention that right off the bat when chatting about this team. Gotcha. Of course, we have to do the unintentionally sexual card name award, and we, we got a few we got a few winners here. So, of course, we have t- Tithe Masters, or Titty Masters, as you like to call it. We nominated Ceaseless Advance, uh, Methodical Assault... Never sleep, of course. Uh, discipline charge, unstoppable ju- juggernaut, and and Derek, you had a weird one. 
Yeah, actually, I, I'd like in honor of my college ex-girlfriend and her horrifying soul traps. All right, I'm I'm gonna go for that. I think I think horrifying soul traps gets it. The Grawl Award. What's what's Derek? What's your favorite thing about this warband? The big thing is the overall design. It's very balanced. You can make a Voltron build. You can do a lot of different things with it, but it's not oppressive. Uh, it's not like when Molog first came out and everybody just said, oh, stupid troll, I hate playing against them. This is going to be something that, that it's going to be a great team. If you're a good pilot, you're going to have a lot of success. It's not going to have that same bad player experience that Molog had and, to a lesser degree, Rothorn had. This will make for a lot of very fun, very entertaining games. Yeah. I mean, for for me, I think the Grawl Award is going to go to the fact that, you know, we had the Sepulchral Guard for so long, and then, like, there weren't really... Nothing really came back that was kind of very Sepulchral Guardy. And then these guys came in, and they're they're actually kind of better. They play a little bit better, and I think that they kind of take that kind of mantle from them. And I think it, it needed to happen. I, I'm I'm going to go with that. Uh, Randall, what's your favorite thing about this one? I like the fact that it you're you when you play the the certain ploys, you give your opponent like a choice. I just think that's really cool, and it means that a lot of your games, you know, you have a card. Sometimes you have a card, and it does the same thing every game. And that's nice, but then some, you play this warband, and you know your opponent gets to to choose what happens when you play a card, which may right. surprise like, you, and it's has good replay it's like value. A, it's like the Sophie's choice of it's like a Senha's choice. Yeah, gotcha. I, All right, I, cool. I, that's my favorite part of the you know individual aspect of this warband. Sure, I think and, we need and more, so that's... we need more cards like that. I think. Really, where where Even it's like two ones. things, which one feels better to you? Okay. Well, the, yeah, you get two choices, and your opponent makes it, but they're both bad for them. Interesting, interesting. That's interesting. Um, I I, cool I, I have a feeling like unless no, no, I understand that it's just that like in order for the cards, because I think that these two cards are written in a way, the ones that we talked about earlier that have that. I think that they're written in a way that like. They actually are interesting and fun to play and could because both of them are actually good things. So as long as they're written in a way where it's like there are two things that that you would want, then I'm on board with that. But once one of those things is like yeah. obviously not as good as the other, then it's like, why is it there? So so the, the, the writers of the cards, whoever's doing the development of the game, as long as they put in two things that are like equally good or or or, or both they both happen to be good in different like situations, then I'm, I'm on board with your suggestion. So it would, it would take some really good writing. Yep. All right. So that's, so that's our Grawl Awards favorite stuff. But of course we also have to have the didn't even want it award. What's the single worst thing about this war band? Nohim, who is the celebrity of not just this team, but also of the entire ostrich bone rapers line. He is the only model that has a bow. And yeah. I thought it was really cool right off the bat. However, me being the lazy person that I am, I left my models out one day. And my new puppy, I guess these guys look just too much like a tasty bone. Uh, yeah, everybody, has a, off. everybody has a COVID puppy now. It's true. Yeah. And, and I really yeah. do. And she, she has kept me sane for a whole lot of time. 
but she decided that she had to take one and she didn't take, you know, Senha or Karu or any of them that would be replaceable. Probably survive she, it, yeah. She didn't even take Mirkanen. Uh, that would at least give me an excuse to sort of buy one of the high-end uh, ostrich models and convert them. No decides to take Nohain, and there's no other bow and arrow guy in the mm. entire line. So I've got to figure out what to do. I, uh, what was funny though, after I, I sort of put the word out, I do want to give a shout out to Jesse from my play group. His girlfriend plays ostrich bone rapers in Age of Sigmar, and uh, she she was going to use this team, but then said, "Hey, you know what? I can actually convert him into that." And uh, he tossed me as Nohim. So it was annoying for a couple weeks, but thanks to the greatest community in Shadespire able to get back to even here uh i i my didn't even wanted a word goes to the fact that just like covid totally put the deep six on s4 and even though it's great and like we didn't get to like enjoy it and this is like one of those war bands that i think would just be amazing to watch during a gt and just to see how people are playing it so there's that. But uh, another thing I really don't like about how, about this war ban is that literally everybody's doing a Skeletor paint job. And it's like, enough, guys, we get it. Like, Skeletor, they're skeletons. Okay, let's move on. Move on. Randall? I mean, I, I, I people might not want to hear this, but I think this faction is dumb uh, Ossiarc Bone Reapers. I just think they're real. I, I, I don't like them very much, even though I love you know, undead as a faction. I think the oh, way so they you, ended up... You don't up, like the warband? I don't like I, I don't like the whole faction, Ossiarch Bone Reapers. I think they're just... Oh, kinda, oh so I like... they're kind of they stupid. A... They're kind of like... Okay. Uh, just to be clear, you like this warband for, for Underworlds. Yeah. You just don't like the whole pastiche of Ossiarchs. Yeah. I think they look like, like the Disney old school cartoon. Kings? Yeah, I Would... mean, that had more of like an Egypt theme to it and... Okay. I, I just think these guys look like Disney cartoon villains that are just dumb. I, I don't like them. They, they kind of strike me. Kind of stupid. The forearm guys, the the big forearm guys look stupid. Their characters all they, look really dumb, except for Katakros. And uh, yeah, they just look like cartoon characters. They look a little bit like the villains from like a Scooby Doo episode, yes. where like you're gonna take their head off, and it's like some old guy who owns the the amusement park or something. Or, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Okay, a little weird looking, but a good warband, fun to play. Certainly, I think they fit in really well in the season. And um, so we we're coming to our next segment called "Whip Out Your Deck." Whip out your 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 deck there. Uh, Derek, uh, let's talk first about the Lost Pages deck. This is the one that I was using. Derek, I'm just going to kind of mention what you had, and of course, we're going to we're going to link these to the to the episode description. Anybody interested in trying these guys out, you can go head over there and and get some the bones of a good deck. Oh man, just terrible. All right, so we have for for the for the. Season four, this is only good for like a couple more weeks, but I don't know. You might have some fun. Uh, we have uh, Frantic Exchange, Hidden Purpose, Scrum. Then we have uh, Gruesome Certainty, Macabre Splendor, Ranks and Broken by Descent. Dominant Position, Everything to Prove. That's the one where if you don't have the Primacy Token, you score something. 
That's correct. Hunger for Power? Which one is that? Oh, it's the one where the, the wizard uh, has you a lot of upgrades on them. You have a wizard with them. two upgrades, yeah. Right, gotcha. That's easy. Okay. Intimidating display, of course, because you got the, the big guy with a lot of wounds. So unless you're going up against Malog, you're, you're in good shape. Silver Lining. You like that one? So I like it because I had a duel of wits and a natural uh, truce. And quite okay. often, uh, you also don't need to put on the upgrades right away if they're lost pages. You can wait till the end of the round. So right. quite often, you're you're stacking up your hand, and it turns out you have four upgrades. And it's like, once they know that you're doing lost pages, like they know what's in your hand. That That's looks right. like, okay, gotcha. And of course, path to victory, because uh, you got a lot of guys to stand on stuff. All right, your gambits, faction-specific lists. You like Glorious Triumph, helps you with that dominant position, I'm sure, and Path to Victory, I'm sure. You have Unnatural Truce, you had Duel of Wits, as you said. Uh, victimize? Plus one yeah, Victimize and Determined Effort I put in there, uh, because getting that extra dice on Kanan often mm-hmm. results in an extra kill. That, that two smash isn't as accurate as you'd like it to be. And so in the first round, you throw a victimize, you throw a determined effort in there. He's now got a three smash attack and he gets a kill and a couple titties right away. Right. And then you have some motion, you have distraction, which by the way, I haven't seen as much as I I, I used to. I feel like there's been a lot more stuff and people are kind of like not really gravitating toward distraction, even though it's amazing. Sidestep and heated instinct are all just moving guys around. And then you have Spirit Comb and Healing Potion, because, of course, if you're going to be putting the Lost Pages on, on Kanan, you want to keep him alive. Got to make sure he doesn't and those, die. And those will do it. Yeah. And it, and it's healed. Spirit Comb is healed, too, if that fighter has uh, three more upgrades, which you're going to try to do. And then, of course, for the upgrades, you have the the, the Lost Pages suite, which is Yara's Instant Shield, Jared's Spirited Sphere, Healer's Choking Coil, and also the Scattered Tome. You had Strength of Terror as a Restricted. Yeah, once again, having that uh, extra attack dice uh, yeah. just always makes such a difference. If I didn't have that in there, I would put in Deserve Confidence. Mm-hmm. So it was really a, a choice between the two of them. And in the end, I decided that I wanted to be able to get kills with them. Gotcha. Okay. Hatred of the Living, of course. Uh, Glory Seeker, Great Fortitude, Great Strength, of course. And then Savage Soldier. I love Savage Soldier for any sort of Voltron build. Yeah. Uh, having the plus one dice for the range one attack actions at two upgrades is awesome. But when you get four upgrades uh, and you have Cleave and Snare on the Soul Reaper Axe, you uh, he, he, didn't he miss. just becomes so sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And let me tell you something. If you think about that, Savage Soldier... Oh, it's only it's only range one attack actions, though, so you can only use it on the scything attack? Okay. I was going to say it's better than Strength of Terror, but it's actually not because it's just range one. Okay. Anyway, so there it is. And if you guys are interested in trying that one out for the next, like, you know, couple of weeks before rotation occurs, we got that one. <clears throat> the other one we're going to have is your, like, Kanan centric aggro build. And this one is rotation proof, right? Yes, it is. Okay. But not Vanguard. No, uh, no it has still it has stuff from the essentials, right? Okay. Yeah. 
So we have Gruesome Certainty, which is the critical hit one. Uh, Macabre Splendor, which is the everybody's inspired or somebody has three upgrades. Pride of the Emissary in class, which is your leader uh, bold conquests or just like stands on something. Uh, Ranks Unbroken by Descent or the one of the Mortex are all together. You still use that one even though it's like Kanan centered? Yeah, because you just throw your Brotex in the back. and okay. uh, so, Oh, so you just invert the playing field. I gotcha. Yeah, because okay. they're unbroken. Uh, oh, in the back there. God, okay. D- uh, dominant Brosition. Everything to Bruve. Uh, hunger for Brower. Intimidating Brosplay. Martial Mage Bro. Savage Exempl- Bro Semplar. Surge of Aggression. Surge of Brogression. Progression. And then Path to Bro Victory. So we got all those. Um, as far as your gambits go, we have uh, Heated Instinct, of course. Living Land. Living Land, I honestly find so useful in so many times. Uh, it either gets rid of one of your opponent's objective scoring. It can move an objective for yourself, so you're able to get that dominant position or path to victory. Uh, dominant position just, with ranks unbroken by descent. Yeah, like it, it just has so yeah. much utility there. Gotcha. Outrun Death, which of course is really good. Those, it's just, it's such a good mobility card, um, and and it persists for like a while. So if you ever get to make like two two moves or something like that, it's it still works. Yeah, there there um, isn't anything in here that will let him take uh, the two moves, but uh, it does make him a quarry. So if you get the uh, token, uh, you're able to score everything to prove oh, because you also gotcha. score it if you get primacy and you have a quarry. Gotcha. Gotcha. Spirit Comb, again, keeping him alive. Uh, Commanding Stride. Very good with this guy. Oh, yeah. I used to use Commanding Stride with Molog all the time. Like, I'm like, that. that's that's a good one. Daylight Robbery. I, I love it. You're you don't, you don't want your opponents friends. to like you. Yeah, I guess not. Okay. <laughs> uh, determined Effort, you said. Duel of Wits, of course. Healing Potion, of course. And Sidestep. All right. For the upgrades, you have Hatred of the Living, Impressive Bulk. I mean, it, it takes the move down, but you have a lot of stuff to move them around anyway. That's right. There, there's a lot of pushes in this. Yeah. And, uh, and again, it's another quarry card. I mean, I mean, it's great to be able to push when you have a bunch of boners. Um, Primal Lunge, which people are like just like salivating over now, apparently. After an activation, yeah. discard the primacy token. If you do, the fighter makes a move action. or an That, that action. one probably should get restricted pretty quick. Here. Yeah, probably. All right, we got Savage Soldier again. Scavenge Armor, which is, I think, really good, but also decently balanced. I don't think it's restricted. It, they, they didn't restrict it, did they? No. Not yet, no. No, I, I, don't, I don't think they I don't think, I don't think they're going I, to. I, I think it's, it's strong, but I don't think it's oppressive. Yeah. Soundless Step. Yeah, so Soundless Step and Duelist Speed. Oh, and Duelist Speed together. Those, uh, together. So one thing to mention about oh. this, Duelist Speed gives you, uh, after a fighter's attack action, but oh. not during a super action, push this fighter one step. And then Soundless Step is a reaction yeah. after this fighter's after activation. After the activation. Push. That's right. So you can do a swing uh, with Kanan. Reaction, push him after the attack action. Reaction, push him after the activation. So oh. he effectively has a double push. That's gorgeous. Gorgeous. All right, cool. And and also with the range too and that damage, like that is just, woo. And then we have a Glory Seeker, Great Fortitude, Great Strength. Because why wouldn't we? Oh, that's very strong. And, it, and also rotation proof. 
So uh, everybody, you can take a look at that if these guys like if you like this matchups. So so when you've been playing these guys, because I I've played them against certain things that I think that they're pretty good against, and certain things I don't think they're good against. Um, wh- what do you like? If you see something across the table, what do you think you can handle with with these these reapers? So the two things that I actually really like uh, first, any of the other dark has more bands because for the most part they're they're all flex. Uh, none of them mm-hmm. are straight aggro, or none of them are straight objectives. Anything that's trying to do two things at once, I personally think that uh, these guys will do a, a great job countering it. The other thing, surprisingly, that I like to see is those big elite war bands. So the Crushas, the Nurgles, the Magors, mm-hmm. which surprises a lot of people. But the thing is, is that uh, what what people aren't expecting is that it still just takes two good attacks from Kanan to take them out. Uh, and once you have that, you have two Titi counters. You can, if you need to, make sure that you bring up your Brotex to support Kanan. And you'll find that he's getting inspired and killing off your opponent far quicker than he's able to kill you. All right. So, so those guys are actually surprisingly not as bad as they look. Uh, in the matchup. As far as warbands you do not want to see across the table, I, I'm going to throw down uh, Jimmy Molini's Godsworn Hunt because I played him in, in the Vassal League and he was just assassinating me with those things. Because yes. when, when you're when you're playing Kanan, like you want Kanan to stay on the table. When you're playing God, when Jimmy's playing Godsworn, he doesn't care what happens to any of those guys. Like if they hit, if they die, it doesn't matter because he's just like playing them like bullets and he's got so much stacking stuff in there. Anyway, just saying his his Godsworn is just was a terrible matchup. Uh, that's Absolutely right. Very, very me. speedy aggro is yeah. definitely going to be an issue if they're just gonna go uh take a look at Kane and, and go straight through him. So in that case, do be careful about it. Make sure that you keep him a little bit back so that you are able to tool him up and I be did, able to survive a few of them. Yeah, I did. It didn't matter. He got him. <laughs> I stood him behind the wall. You know that thing you do where yeah. you take the 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 old arena mortis board with like the, the little wall, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I I like offset the boards and put him behind the wall. Didn't matter. He got it. Jimmy got to him anyway. Didn't matter. I think that anything that has super accurate two damage attacks that can just like pick your more text off is like a bad. You know, I think the creepers are terrible just because they're creepers and they're crazy. And then uh, I think things with uh, things with scything, because your your more techs are going to bunch up. Yeah, surprisingly, I don't have as tough a time with creepers. There, there are some great creeper players out there that will definitely make sure that you have a bad day. But uh, one of the things that I like is that Kanan can one shot pretty well all of them mm. uh, yeah, as soon true. as he gets going. They're they're not as bad, but uh, they're you know creepers are just very powerful, and I think they're going to be a tough match no matter what. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about board placement? How, how how do you like to to place your boards with these guys? You know what? Just like with everything, it's so pilot's choice. It's so flex. If you're playing against someone that's going straight aggro, you need to do the hallway. If uh, they're playing objectives, you need to make sure that you're open so that you can get in there. It's all going to matter of how well you know your opponent and uh, how well they know what you're doing and Mm. do whatever board and whatever placement is going to suit your game. And more than suit your game is going to disrupt their game. So, yeah, so just read your opponent. What do they look like they're about to do and then plan accordingly. 
All right, Derek. Hey, man, I I think we uh, I think we covered the entire war band. I think we got the whole faction in there. Thanks for, you know, all of your uh, expertise here. But of course, as is tradition at the Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworlds podcast, uh, we do the keys to salvation. And if uh, if we have a guest, we we typically have the guest do it. So, Derek, what's your key to salvation this this uh, episode? So the big thing that I'd like to tell everybody uh, now that we're getting out of COVID, uh, depending what the situation is like in your world, you might be able to start playing in person again. Uh, I know I've been playing online quite a bit over the pandemic, but nothing nothing beats actually getting together with your local team and getting in a few games. Now, what I'm going to suggest is that uh, make sure you get a post-COVID event going. Matt Penner in our meta has been great about getting our return to Shadespire event. Dave Lancaster up in Edmonton has been doing an awesome job uh, galvanating that community. We're seeing it just really across the cities. I'm going to shout out Chris Spark, by the way. In, Absolutely. Uh, in yeah. And so, so you know what, if, if someone's organizing a post-COVID event, take the time, go out and do it, wear a mask if you need to, uh, socially distance if you have to, whatever makes you need you feel to, you have to, but make, make sure that you're supporting that. And if no one's doing it, then it's gotta be you. Uh, yeah. so it's time for you to grow up. It's time for you to be the, uh, professor to all of your little protégés and have a professional time at your event bro bro yeah sometimes you have to be the change you want to see in the world owner don't great okay <laughs> on that note i think we definitely did it so i i appreciate the full traquarian guide to cuddle boners derek thanks as always for being on uh would you like to crack another can I don't know if you have another one lying around. No, you know what? I, I've been subtle about uh, down and all these really quick, so I'm I'm getting into the tequila now, bro. Gotcha, no doubt. Oh man. Well, it's serious. Cheers. Um, cheers. Yes. All right. So that sounds good. Hey. Uh. So so yeah, Derek. Thanks for coming on. We 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 love you, and and we're we're glad to have you. Cheers, so uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Randall, did we do it? We sure did. I think we did it. All right, so cool. So for for Battle for Salvation, this is Max Bernstein. This is Randall. And and, and we'll we'll see you next time.